This time on No Not The Mind Probe, episode number 28, A Fetching Quest. Welcome to No, not the mind bro. It's just actually I'm just tired. I'm just tired. Just you have to do a chore. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I know I know how that's how our listeners feel. That's how how we're feeling. Well, our listeners feel a little different though, because they're used to they are used to listening to this this during their chore, their Saturday errands. Right. Right. And they were alone on their Saturday errands (laughs) this week because we released on Monday today, yeah. so thank you, listeners. For yeah, thank you for staying in there, listeners, and and enjoy us on your your commute to work. I should uh, let John Grant tell you that he's John Grant. John Grant, do you mind telling oh, them you're John yeah, Grant? You are listening to a Monday podcast. Ooh. It's no longer a Saturday podcast. It's a Monday podcast uh, where we watch and rank every single Doctor Who story ever, or over a series of episodes. It's not like this one right, episode. Right, right, we're right. just going to do that. <laughs> it's it's one over a whole series. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> it's just um, us listening. Uh, Keys of Marinus. Okay, <laughs> then next I have Maglos. Okay, then next I have to just go through. And right, after single. Porter's done with his 250, I'll do my 250. So people try to remember where his uh, stuff was, and we'll talk about disagreements. Um, but but he's Porter. I'm John. My name's John Grant. Um, believe it or not. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't believe it, but uh, I am a lifelong Doctor Who fan, uh, and I've been watching it for 36 years. So then as John said, my name is Porter Mason. John's been asking me to watch Doctor Who for 26 years. I finally said yes. Each episode of Intimp will look at two stories. We're going through the new Doctor Who series in order. And then our Doctor Who curator, sommelier, John, finds a pairing with a classic story. John, what do we have this episode? Yeah, this episode, uh, we've, we, I mentioned some of the connections are going to be loose. So we've paired a, a rosé with a Diet Coke. Um, mm. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there is sort of a linking quest theme here. Um, we start with 42, uh, which is uh, the next episode in the 10th Dr. Martha series. Um, and I've uh, put that together with The Keys of Marinus, uh, another first season uh william hartnell's story so going all the way back to the beginning all the way back all the way back all right so let's recap these episodes so first we have 42 this is uh season three of the new series episode seven it aired on the 19th of may 2007 and uh this is actually just because i have this at my fingertips i'm going to mention this is story number 184 so I'm going to start telling you that now just for fun um, out of the 200 of That's some, interesting. some stories. Uh, but John has prepared a little quip. Like I do. Uh, we'll yeah. play that for you now. And now for real, I'm really, really, really going to play that. It's alive. Doctor Cruzielo, no! That pod's gonna smash into him. Stay here. Impact at 8.57. And I'll be the freshman defeated. Doctor! Doctor! Are you okay? Stay away from me! 
happened? It's your fault, Captain McDonald. Riley, get down to Area 10 and help scan all the doors. Go! You mind that, son? Stupid surface for cheap fuel. You should have scanned for life. I don't understand. Doctor, what are you talking about? That son's alive. A living organism. They stooped at its heart, used it for fuel, and now it's screaming. What do you mean? How can a son be alive? Why is he saying that? Because it's living in me. Oh, my God. Humans! You grab whatever's nearest and bleed it dry! Ah, you should have scanned! It takes too long when you're caught. Fusion skates are illegal. All right. This is David a Tennant, very subtle performance there. Like, I mean, just <laughs> Well, this is this is a this is an action movie who. This is action oh, yeah. action star and Doctor Who. Definitely. And and action star Martha. This is a uh straight up action action movie. So um, here we are with the 10th Doctor and Martha, uh, which we've never really talked about, but it is such an old woman's name. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, but here she is, That's young, vibrant true. Martha. There aren't a lot of young Marthas anymore, no, are there? No. Oh, hey, Maybe uh, it's more uh, common in, in Britain. I don't know. No. <laughs> well, they get a distress signal, and so they swoop in to check it from the SS Pentalion, mm. uh, a spacecraft of of humans that, at, at first um, <laughs> that is heading into a star, uh, not our sun, uh, but a sun. And we, the the Doctor and Martha arrive on there, and then quickly there's an emer- arrive on the ship. Quickly, there's an emergency, and they have to run through. Uh, a series of doors that are shut and they realize that the TARDIS is now shut inside a kind of abandoned part of the ship where it's been it's overheating and and the sun is destroying it so that's as always with the TARDIS that seems like a problem yeah Yeah. um well you got to get rid of the TARDIS right I mean so any of these situations where it's like well we could all just get in the TARDIS and leave but that right from a writing standpoint is not so great so then what happens or what is explained is one of the sort of shared devices that we will talk about in these episodes. But they are told uh, from, from Martha's part of the plot, they are told that, uh, well, to get to steer the ship, we have to get to the controls of the ship, which does make sense. <laughs> you would need to get to the controls. Mm-hmm. And the controls are behind uh, a set of doors and the number of doors is enumerated it is 30 doors you have to get through these 30 doors uh to get there and so basically everything boils down to that like you need to get through these 30 things to get there we'll talk about what uh is in place on, uh, on the locked doors this episode I th- as i think maybe you already mentioned you certainly mentioned last week when we talked about this episode is ostensibly done in real time. They say we have 42 minutes until the ship plunges into the sun, which is sort of interesting to me because it's like, well, you die well before getting actually to the surface of the sun. So I don't know if that means like just before, right, right, before something breaks up. And Um, also, I also love how throughout the episode, um, for no readily apparent reason, there's a computer that tells you how much time is left, but it tells you <laughs> random times. It'll be like 43 <laughs> minutes and 22 seconds left. And you're right, just like, right, why, right. why that time have you chosen to tell us? <laughs> well, because if they just told you at a regular interval, you'd just be lulled into complacency. Yeah, like, Thank oh, you. Yeah. We knew that uh, was coming. So, uh, but th- so the episode is done in fairly in real time, fairly real time, um, and so they cut back between these things. So that the, so Martha and uh, oh, I should remember this dude Riley. Okay, yeah, um, Martha and and one crew member Riley who says, "Hey, I actually know how to get through the locks in these doors. We set them up years ago. 
when we had to set essentially they had the moment of when you have to put the security questions on your account where they're like i actually put these in and they were rant they decided when they did them that it was a random pub quiz it was just a bunch of trivia so to get through each of the doors they have to remember this trivia so martha and riley they go off to unlock doors and perhaps each other's hearts john Ooh. um Ooh. so that was a tagline uh, for this episode. <laughs> yes <laughs> unlock each other's hearts before they burn to death so they go off to do that, and then the doctor's kind of up with the rest of the crew trying to determine what kind of went wrong here, because something went wrong with the ship. And what we ultimately determine, there's a bunch of interplay about who this is, because there's uh, the, the the captain's husband is one of the people who gets sick and then seems to like turn evil. And um, we ultimately find out that the, again, first of all, it, it, it wasn't a good episode so far until I found out that they were mining something from the sun. So now I'm back in. Yeah, so exactly. they were pulling something sun, particles sun from stuff, the sun. Yeah. I don't know. They were, they were mining something somehow from the sun. And in doing so, the sun was some kind of a living being that angered this being. And it was infecting people on the ship and turning them into these scary sun beings, including the captain's husband. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't use that name. Cause that doesn't sound scary. Oh, I'm so, a sun being. A sun being. Hey, He's a scary sun being. <laughs> um, no. Uh, so they are quite scary. And then they're killing a bunch of the crew on the ship. So the kind of as they're unlocking the doors, the doctor's off in this other section in kind of a horror movie where um, yeah. so their speed is happening on one side of the ship and then <laughs> alien Halloween, is happening on the yeah. other side. Um, and then there's a quite exciting part where the doctor has to perform a spacewalk. Uh, well, more to... of a space lean. He kind of leans out <laughs> and hits some buttons and then it leans back in. Yeah. He gets infected. That's actually how he learns more of what's happening is he, he himself gets infected. Um, Martha, uh, was able to kind of put him in, a, put him, I guess, in a stasis chamber to stave off the infection. Um, we do get through the doors eventually. Uh, he, Martha calls her mom. Uh, and she phones a friend. She does a little phone. Yeah, a exactly. Yeah. She phones a friend for one of the questions. Uh, so again, another reappearance of her mom, and and we see that her mom is recording her phone calls, mm-hmm. and exactly. then the we the Mar- Martha is able to save the doctor. And uh, they 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 vent the bad fuel, the fuel they've sort of stolen, the essence, and then they're able to pull away. And never quite understood how we're explaining that this star is a living being. I'm interested by this concept of the organism. Is it the star itself? Is it live? Is it in symbiosis with it? I don't know. I don't know that that's really explained. No. I'm interested in <laughs> in the, the biology of we this. We don't care what you are. <laughs> um, We're interested in trivia questions. And then my last point before I'll, I'll 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 throw it over to you, John, to tell me what I missed is I happened to watch about three weeks ago the Danny Boyle movie Sunshine, and it is so similar in so many aspects to this movie yeah. that it was it, it's one of those. I think more than anything, I think they came out at similar times, so it's just a strange like. They both happen to have very similar ideas. If you've never seen the movie, I know you're a Danny Boyle fan because I, I believe uh, you like the movie uh, Millions, I think it's called. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, Danny Boyle, also Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, so it, Sunshine, a ship has the sun is sort of like dying and they're sending a ship to try to restart the sun. And it's, it's a very similar plot line where they get close to sh- there. There's a time where the ship is going to fall into the sun. They have to fix something to get there. There's like an, 
evil person who's essentially been like uh possessed by the sun like all these same there's an airlock like behavior it's so weird how there's not the same plot but they're very very similar notes in that movie in this episode so anyway check out sunshine uh danny Boyle's sunshine Doctor check it Movement out has been trying to keep this quiet for years but you now you've just spilled the beans blown it wide open danny Boyle listening to this podcast it's like hey hey wait a second it has um yeah. interesting cast has a young chris evans who was i didn't certainly hadn't been in you know, captain america chris evans mm-hmm. uh cillian murphy who's great um rose byrne michelle yo so it's a cool cast it was it was an interesting movie it's not oh, danny no. boy's best but i thought it was very interesting and very similar to this episode so hmm. so that's it so watch yeah. sunshine i'm out <laughs> <laughs> goodbye everybody <laughs> the free uh boy if we ever get paid for advertising it's gonna be so easy to work this down. Um, yeah, no, this is a, this is the uh, this is significant in, in that it is the first episode written by Chris Chibnall, who is now the Doctor Who showrunner. Uh, so oh, he wow. is the producer who's been running it since uh, since Jodie Whittaker took over. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's a very obviously a very pacey episode. Um, it moves quickly. Uh, inspired by Twenty Four, uh, in that it takes place in real time. Directed by Graham Harper, who we've talked about before, but directed the classic Caves of Androzani, and then also some of the new series episodes um uh martha continues to be great although we seem to be getting into a trope of martha trapped in vehicles with auxiliary members of the cast having quiet heart to hearts right i mean she's in the escape pod and then she has the whole conversation kind of again about like oh i'm away from my family and you're away from your family and yeah uh, and it's interesting. It is a bit of a repeat of the Rose conversation at the end of the world where she talks to the little blue person. Uh, and it's like, oh, you know, if, if I died somewhere, my mother wouldn't even know. And now Martha's actually in this situation. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and, you know, it's like, oh, well, boy. Uh, and then she calls her mom and, um, doesn't actually say when she died, which is probably a good thing. Uh, um, it is. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the the horror movie uh, uh, parallels because I did. I did sort of say that it's very serial killer. Uh, um, you know, uh, the, yeah, they're the, trapped inside. Yeah. And the it's guy like in the, the Shining, mask, you know, yeah, like killing one person at a time. They're very intense deaths uh, too. And that sort of burn burn them more, or actually, yeah, burn them into ashes uh, at certain points. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a pretty uh, it, it's a pretty intense episode. Um, Tennant is really good in it. I think uh, he gives a, he's he's very intense in that scene we were just talking about. He's very sort of immediately commanding um, uh, at the you know he's sort of takes over the situation within you know thirty seconds of arriving, which is a very doctorish thing to do. Although what's interesting is that Tennant uh is is aside from davison um really the the youngest doctor right to this point or the youngest behaving appearing or whatever um and you know the fact that he can still sort of command everybody i think is is kind of a credit to his performance that's believable that everybody just follows him and says okay yeah okay we'll do what you're doing (laughs) i mean he's just the way he he sells that by the way Um, as opposed to last week's episode this episode is a great example of where i can totally believe them just never really needing to find out his last name or anything about him because you know their ship is exploding he's like i'm the doctor and i can help you sounds good doctor it's fine i want a long form birth certificate sir uh none of this none of the doctor kind of thing um uh but you know it is it is another it is a situation where um you do have to do a little bit of 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 uh 
work as the writer to because you know a if you show up in the TARDIS then you know the obvious solution is well everybody just get in the TARDIS and we'll leave so you got to come up with some reason to separate him <laughs> from the TARDIS um and then they should uh, just really do that one episode. They're yeah. like, man, great. That was. <laughs> just show, where would you like they, me to take you? They uh, just have thirty-five minutes of classical music playing just quietly. <laughs> like we didn't really bother to do it. And then it, this week. <laughs> it would become just more of like the TARDIS is an Uber because we're like, can you drop us off separately? I will. We'll pay you one, but can you? <sighs> I'd like to be here. Oh, I know it's a pain, but <laughs> <laughs> can you wait a minute? And I'm, I'm gonna go in and yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, um, but so yeah, so you get the tar, you got to get the tar out of the way, and then the other thing is, uh, and it's interesting that a writer even would would sort of even start with this premise is a huge chunk of this is opening doors, which of course the sonic screwdriver does all the time, uh, and so you have to come up with some oh. excuses to why the sonic screwdriver won't work because right. otherwise we'd be just we'll just use this to open the door, and they they've they've talked about this before that the deadlock uh seal is whenever anything you don't want it to be opened by the sonic screwdriver it's deadlocked uh they never actually explain what deadlocking means or why one would deadlock something <laughs> um i don't i don't know why uh it's significant um uh but there you go so yeah so you have to you have to eliminate sort of these two oh, wait, isn't a deadlock and- that's just a a, a de- deadbolt. I'm thinking of deadbolt. Oh uh, no. no, I think it's like a special seal or something, mm. and it, the Sonic screwdriver won't work on it for for whatever reason. Maybe maybe Sonic device things are are serious problem. Mm. Um, you are. It is. They are trying to get to the front. So let's see. I think the one set of engines won't. There is a lot of rerouting power as well. Uh, that's true. This, that's uh, true. You know, again, it's uh, it's mining and it's rerouting power. Uh, so your classic Doctor Who. It's got it's got a lot of parallels in sort of the style of the gritty space space thing to uh, the Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit. Right. It's sort of that that they're sort of space truckers and it's kind of you know they're mining there too as well. But it's got uh, you know the the it's interesting. The spaceship is all. Um, very steampunky right it's got all sorts of yeah. uh, it doesn't it's not switches and lights and things it's it's all like we're all levers smooth and, it's very yeah, grimy and yeah uh so it's interesting interesting style choice and then it also does this i i don't know i don't know why i always find this um what i don't know how what i find it never mind no. <laughs> i'm just gonna think about it quietly in a second. no i always think it's, uh, it's for writers it's very effective whenever people are are are, are always um sweaty in movie yeah, <laughs> like you know like when they're just in a it's like uh it's like the african queen or something like that where they're going you know and they're just always slightly sweaty um, well because it looks uncomfortable yeah and then so you, the the whatever conflict is going on feels heightened because it's like, yes, solve this and, and get into a shower and get yeah, some clean, clean clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's um, uh, I think we'll, we'll talk about this in the themes. Um, but uh, I mean, it is um, just as soon as you start a clock, it's going to be an urgent episode, right? I mean, it's got to be I, I wonder I'm curious as to whether writers find this to be uh, easy or hard to write, um, because it is sort of a once you you know all you have to you start this clock uh and then you automatically have urgency right in this story right there's automatically pace and tension and whatnot because you just have this ticking clock um going on uh and i mean if you you know there's we don't get to know much about the characters or anything else. It's just like, you got to keep moving with the incident. Uh, and there's really nothing else, um, uh, to it. Um, which makes it, you know, again, you need that every once in a while. Um, uh, but it's just interesting. Um, uh, you know, how just that device, like right at the very beginning makes it a very fast paced episode. Yeah. Um, and then of course, yes, we have a, a continuation of the Mr. Saxon storyline, 
um, uh, which is now coming to the fore. Right. When, when they show her mom, uh, yeah. Kind of have has an FBI wiretap set up over there, and yeah, yeah. oh, look, MI five or MI six or you know, come on, they don't have an FBI. By the come way, <laughs> I want to mention. I can see this production note in Wikipedia that the SS Pentalion was originally going to be called the SS Icarus, as you might imagine, mm-hmm. flying too close to the sun and all that. But it was changed after the producers learned of the film Sunshine, which also involved a spaceship named Icarus ah, falling into the sun. Well, there so, you I go. Guess. By the way, yeah. if you're making a mission to the sun, why would you name your spaceship yeah. Icarus? Yeah, <laughs> it seems it's, like it's a, bad... a, a nominative determinism there that uh, uh, is, first of all, you got to be impressed that I use that term. Thank you. Thank yeah, you, folks. I'm pretty impressed. I'm pretty impressed. PhD in English literature. Just kidding. All right. Let's uh, let's move on from our, our, our classical, uh, the classical language of our host, John, <laughs> to the classic episode of Doctor Who. This is really early on. Season one. Season one. Serial five. So I'm trying to think now. Have I seen up until this? I've seen the first couple. You well, anyway, have I think, seen I'm, the I think first I'm missing one, one or two. Yeah. You, so you haven't seen the Daleks. You, it was. It's right. the, uh, the. Then you've seen the Edge of Destruction. Uh, then there's, I believe, then it's Marco Polo. That's uh, this, I'm missing lost. Marco Polo and the Daleks. Yeah. So. And then, uh, but yeah, then it's this one. Then yeah. the Aztecs immediately after this one. Right. Um, so yeah, you're 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 an expert on early who expert on an early who um and when will this be the aztecs or will it be the edge of destruction <laughs> <laughs> or will it be um oh gosh what's the first one Ten thousand years uh 100,000 bc, uh, 100, BC. Guys, that was yeah. to me kind of in the middle mm-hmm. um okay so the keys of mariners season one story five this premiered the 11th of april through the 16th of may in 1964 and as we mentioned i'll mention the story number this is the fifth ever story because it was season one story yeah, five so there you go. it's very easy to work that one out and here is a clip surely there must be someone you can send for these keys through the years all my friends all my followers have gone they have never returned last year i sent my daughter she has not come back all i have now to comfort me is the distant echo of her voice the imagined sound of her footsteps. But now your coming has brought new hope. Oh, yes, yes. You must find the keys for me. Yeah, and that is... Good uh... more, good more. Yeah. Ian, wait a minute. Hmm? The doctor's uh, miles behind. Oh. oh, boy. I don't know about you, but... I felt terrible leaving that old man. You seemed to be his last hope. Yes. I wish there had been something we could have done for him. Oh, come on, Grandfather. I'm coming, child. Don't rush. I'm coming. Well, well, don't just stand there. Come along, come along. Keep me waiting. (laughs) Yeah, that's one of my... Found that to be an incredibly funny moment of this very dramatic speech from that guy who's like, but now you can help me. And then it just cuts to them leaving. Right. Well, I wish well, there was anyway, I wish do. you could have helped him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, still nothing could have been done. Oh, well. <laughs> you know, what were we going to do? Eh, well, all right. I mean, I'll tell you kind of the short version of this, and then we can go into some of the details. <laughs> the short version is they arrive in this random place. This old man says, I need seven mysterious keys will you go on a quest as though you are link and the legend of zelda to go find these seven objects uh they as you heard 
aren't into it. <laughs> like, no, no thanks. <laughs> and then they are forced into doing so um, by basically locking them off from the TARDIS and saying, I won't let you back into the TARDIS until... So he essentially holds them hostage and they are not that upset by it. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of nice about it. He's like, don't worry. I'll totally take the force field away once you've left and started the quest. Like, like Arbitan. Like, cool. <laughs> okay, we'll find your keys. <laughs> just so they, funny. Behave, they definitely behave like they know their characters in an adventure TV show. And they're like, well, right. I guess this is what we got to do this week. <laughs> right, right, right. It's almost like they get away with it. Like, uh, I didn't, it's too bad we didn't help him, but like, we can't go on that crazy quest. And it's like, aha, but now I've trapped the TARDIS on, oh, this makes sense. Okay, okay yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. we got to do it then, yeah. This was wrapping up way too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, okay. So they get to this, you know, interesting land. Uh, there's already some baddies. And then there's this guy. This guy isn't, and that's what but what is it i guess kind of interesting is that this guy isn't a bad guy but he's the one that sort of captures them and sends them off on the quest which again they it's not even begrudging they they're like oh okay i guess we're going on the quest now <laughs> and then it's just a real slog to get through these seven things and this is a seven episode right six, wasn't six it episodes, six episode yeah. uh, six, like epi- seven, but <laughs> <laughs> six episode uh series and you know they they go to I guess what I will say for it is that they were clearly trying to like flex some production muscles because they're going to these seven different, uh, I guess all cities, but different places and they're all very, have a different feel to them. So it really feels like a bunch of, in terms of the look of it, they're, they're different stories in each of them. Well, and it's Um, it's actually impressive in that normally when you, in sci-fi, when you go to a planet, um, everyone is wearing the same clothes and right. <laughs> they all have right. the same language. And like, at least they actually, I, I don't think they were going for this. They just wanted to tell this adventure story, but I think it's like, oh, actually, yeah, a, a normal planet would right. have snow areas and jungle areas and different people and cultures and whatever. <laughs> right. Like, you know, uh, Buffalo would be the snow area. Right. Cleveland yeah, would with- be the jungle. Area. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So no, they, they go to different places and they're, they're given these devices that sort of allow for the suspension of disbelief with this, where they say like, well, here's the deal. You hold these devices. When you press the button, you're just zapped to the next place. That just happens. Don't worry about that. Um, so, and then each of the individual quests are interesting, but similarly to their, almost self-awareness of being in a quest show. There also aren't an episodic quest show. And so it feels like during some of the quests for the keys, they kind of just settle in and hang out for a little while in, in a particular city. They're like, ah, this is a nice area. Let's kind of hang out here. <laughs> um, including one where um, they're the, the, the one I remember most is when the world is transformed um, where they oh, see an alternate world. Right. The right? brains of Morphotan. Yes. They're hypnotized. So that they, that felt like yeah. its own. So this is what this, this story felt a little like is this junkyard story of like, here's a bunch of kind of things we thought could work. I don't know if they're a whole episode or a whole story. So we'll just throw them in here as yeah. a piece. Yeah. Um, and then there, there was a part of that episode that also felt similar to the Aztecs actually too. So, um, so yeah and then there's kind of a puzzle one where they have to again it really does feel like a video game Uh, this in video game terms i was saying to john earlier this is called a fetch quest (laughs) which is basically like you you need to go on a mighty quest and it's very important what is it well you just need to go get this thing like get that thing (laughs) because they're very easy 
plot wise, they're also just very easy to keep you focused on like, what do I need to do next in this? You need to get that thing, whatever it takes you to get that thing. And then so if obstacles come up, well, then that's now part of the story because you have to get that thing. Yeah. So um, I mean, Sam, the one, yeah, the one you're, uh, the first one you're talking about where they go and uh, the the key is hidden in, and the guy, of course, has a dying message and he says, GE3. Oh, two. And then they're like, whatever could that be? And it's like, Ian's a chemistry teacher. He is a chemistry teacher in high school. And he's like, oh, it could be a safe combination. It's like, yes, yes, D is a safe combination. Um, uh, and then, yes, but they do find it. But it's like, they're surrounded by jars labeled with chemical ice. It's like, I think the chemistry teacher might have just twigged a little bit. Yes, yeah, I should have mentioned uh, this is. We didn't really mention this, but it's the first doctor early on. So we have his granddaughter, Susan, and we, we have teachers screaming Bar, it up. who I love. Um, <laughs> I thought, honestly, all the companions were a little. Ian was annoying to me in this uh, these stories, but yeah, uh, they, the they, teachers, they, Ian and Barbara. And yeah, so, you know, some some mishaps and hijinks happen along the way to these keys. They get back. Uh, someone is there. The Vord, yeah. Vort, Vord, Vord, B O O R D. Uh, sounds very South African. Are there to to steal uh, Dutch South African? I should say, um, <laughs> the to steal the the keys, and then there's kind of some interplay. They end up. Uh, Arbiton's been killed, by the way. They do all this thing. They, like he's been. They were going to pay anyway. him to come back. He's a very big actor. Uh, we'll and uh, they they get back. They don't give the Vord the keys. So when he puts in the fake key, right. uh, the 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 temple is destroyed, and they give the keys to uh, the a, a couple of the people during that ep- the episode in which they're all hypnotized. The two people who were bad the entire episode are immediately good, and they are, have an immediate rapport with them, and they are with them for the, till the rest of the episode. We find that that was his daughter, yeah. uh, Arbiton's daughter. So you know, and it kind of ends, and it. it, it yeah, like, we everything. Got that. Oh, we finished that. On to our next thing. <laughs> everything explodes, and then they explodes. go away. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, but um, yeah, uh, interesting. Now this is very early on, so this must have been set some early. Like, oh, this is the first time they tried this. In some ways, maybe the last time. I don't know. Certain certain things well, they probably. It, it's tried. very. Um, I I think as I was watching it, it's very sort of it's it's what doctor who could have been right i mean it's very much a kids adventure show with kind of cheap you know and clearly doing on the cheap but also i mean and not to denigrate children's television uh ambitious as you i mean um i think the the special effects for 1963 being basically performed live they have the models of the submarines coming to the island they have uh i think that it's kind of impressive how they do the um when they're on the uh uh when they're hypnotized everybody's hypnotized with barbara and whenever it's from their perspective they're in this luxurious room and whenever it's from her perspective it's a total dump like everybody and you know and they've got rags or whatever and they have the very funny scene of the doctor looking at a tin cup and saying it's a scanning electron microscope <laughs> this is morphoton right? morphoton yeah the brains of so, the, who have yeah. wonderful wonderful oh we are the brains of morphoton voices <laughs> oh, but well, i don't do that and that's why, yes, in terms of from a production standpoint, uh, it it is impressive that they just kept skipping from almost uh, episode to episode to a new world because it's like, well, that's a lot you have to do for not that much money. It's entirely new set of sets, yeah. And it's not like in it in an animated show they do for kids show like they do that all the time. That's one of the fun things that is very enticing to kids is that it's all like 
oh, there's a different thing happening. It's a completely different look and feel. And that's hard enough to do with an animated show because you still have to develop the look and feel. But for this, it's like, yeah, then they had to do the production design of actually building all this on the cheap. So it's all very impressive. It's just kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they, uh, 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 it's also, though, so it's very kids showy. And then also, uh, and I think they're still working out tone here. There's also the very rapey scene in the snow cabin where the guy clearly wants to rape Barbara. Um, you know, like the kids like to watch. Uh, <laughs> there's you've got that. You've got um, uh, you've got some domestic abuse. The husband hitting the wife uh, in the trial episode for talking yeah. to uh, to Barbara, and they listen in on that. And you're just like, oh yeah, you know, kids love uh, domestic abuse and and threats of rape. Of course, kids enjoy that. There's um, also a trial, some legal drama, yeah, some for legal the kids. drama. Um, wonderful. Uh, so um, uh, William Hartnell went on vacation for two weeks. He just disappears. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to go on ahead, uh, and then he's just not in it for two weeks. Which you know, at the time. They were, and we saw this with Susan and the Aztecs and others at the time, and, and Barbara in a later episode. Um, yeah, they were uh, uh, you know, filming basically, and because of rehearsals and all that kind of stuff, they were basically working year round uh, to make these early seasons. And so, yeah, if the, one of the cast wanted to go on vacation, they just had to be written out of the story. So that's what they did here. Um, although I, you give him credit, when William Hartnell comes back, he's clearly energized and refreshed from his break because he's really he's playing the lawyer on the trial and he's like clearly enjoying himself um this is written by terry nation who uh was the creator of the daleks um uh and uh um uh it's uh yeah i think i think people may have even been expecting the daleks to show back up again <laughs> and they're like, oh all right, right interesting the board not quite the same as the daleks um the arbiton the guy at the beginning is played by george Coloris, who was in citizen kane uh, it's kind of a big actor, a big British character actor at the time. To get, I looked him up. He's done a lot of stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, it is just a little bit. It's all a little bit slapdash. Uh, and it's like they, yeah, they obviously we're just. I, I love the uh, the um, when they're on the jungle planet and there's the statue idol, uh, and if you climb up onto it, the arms close and yeah. uh, it spins around. The arms are clearly a stage just, hands, gray yeah. arms, <laughs> trying to attack yeah. their stone arms. Uh, it's like, well, those stone arms have a uh, hair on them. Interesting. Um, <laughs> they, uh, they, they, um, they, uh, I think they forgot what the board were supposed to be. So in episode one, uh, it's established that they actually are wearing rubber suits, which is kind of a witty thing. That's like, ah, oh, those are actually people inside the rubber suits because right. the acid gets in one. But then by the end, I don't think that we, because the uh, Yartek, the, the main baddie, puts on like the robe over his little rubber suit, whatever, and it'd be like, you're more <laughs> convincing. And I think they just forgot that they weren't actually the Vord itself is not the monster. So that's pretty funny because that, in terms of a kid show, uh, idea makes sense because yeah he has this enormous thing on his head and then he's pretending to be arbiton who wears a, a hooded robe and has a regular just human head so when he's pretending to be arbiton he puts this enor- this hood over this enormous <laughs> thing and yet no one is the wiser at first and so he, he keeps... reveals that he's just like aha yeah and he keeps his like, back what? to them the whole time yeah did you think arbiton had sort of just had a weird boil or something <laughs> on his head like why would his head be that tall well, and there's, there's other stuff. it's just like um uh the um 
supposedly it's, you know, Arbiton's got this fortress surrounded by a sea of acid and all these things to protect him. But then everybody just keeps falling through doors by accident. Like if you just lean against it, you'll fall through a door and end up inside his his fortress. And be like, well, maybe if you just locked those, you wouldn't have the same problem. <laughs> um, and then, you know, there is the the quest itself is is a bit morally dubious in the fact that the conscience of Marinus, the device that they're trying to get the keys to activate, um, is supposed to control everybody's mind. They're like, oh, well, we yeah. figured out how to make everybody do the right thing, ethically the right thing. And and like Ian and the doctor even kind of comment on it, like, oh, I don't know, that doesn't sound that great, but okay. I mean, <laughs> I don't know about all that. Um, but also it's like, what does it mean? Is it mind controlling them? Is it sort of like murdering people who are not doing the right thing like what is it you know I, I how does mean, it I work think, i think so if i it was interesting because i've 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 have not watched this episode so i began teaching uh ethics and thinking more about ethics stuff um it is supposed to help you decide what the right thing to do is so i i don't know if it completely i takes away your will but i guess it tells you what's right um or nudges you in the right direction they kind of made it sound like yeah eventually everybody will, we won't need the machine anymore because everybody will know what to do is right but uh uh it's an interesting you know interesting idea that could have been explored but they were like nah we really need to get you guys uh, running around um uh you know smashing jars of dirt looking for a key like <laughs> that's gonna be more interesting than exploring this the, idea this episode also does a thing that um I, I, it happens a couple times in doctor who where they become such fast friends. I, I mentioned earlier with uh, Sabatha and Altos, who are the two that they meet in uh, Morphiton. And, and Sabatha, I guess, is uh, Arbiton's daughter, however that worked. But regardless, the point being, they meet them like an hour ago. And then the hour, the, the next hour, they're like, I will do anything for her. I will risk my life. For her. Like, you, okay, that's great. I, you, you just met her. Like, yeah. what? Where is this coming from? No, this like immediate and deep. And even Arbiton sometimes referred to him like, "We must get back. We owe it to him." And it's like, yeah, he's the guy who like kidnapped you and then is <laughs> forcing you to do this at gunpoint, essentially. So, why do yeah, you have such very dedicated? This, connection to to him there's also the the sexism is not great in this one either uh you know at one point like barbara is trying to warn them that because she's the hypnotism doesn't work on her it's that she's trying to warn them and they're just like what is her deal and she's like can't you see and, and at one point there's like she's overwrought i'll deal with it um, and then and then they get um uh they get to the ice planet uh in the cliffhanger and they arrive in the snow and almost immediately, Barbara's like, I can't go on. It's too cold. And she just completely collapses. Like, a typical woman. She's not wearing a sweater. She just can't make it. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah. Oh, and I do love also how um, they every they use the travel dials to instantly zip around the planet. And every single time, somebody goes first. And right. then something happens to them before the others right. arrive. It's like, could we all just go? Everybody go at the same time here. Why is why is Susan constantly going? Ahead? <laughs> something awful happens to them. Then we have to go rescue them. It'd just be nice. If we all went together. Um, yeah. Uh, but again, uh, 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 credit to them. The um, the effect to of them disappearing. Although pretty obvious that it's a it's a split screen, you know, for the time again to do that as live is is impressive. Um, yes, they're like every time they want to do this, they they were like, why don't we step over here to this side of the <laughs> of the of the shot? And, and I happen to be in front of this completely black space. <laughs> well, you know what I think is that um, keys of Marinus, pretty good. Seven keys, 
and the episode wasn't that great. You know what? It needed more keys. More I keys? think if we just yeah, had just more keys, adding keys. If you could just go to more places and more keys, you had a desert planet. Great. You need like a temperate planet or like a Seattle planet, <laughs> <where it> just <laughs> rainy a lot, and then maybe like you know uh, uh, a mid Atlantic planet, like a Baltimore planet, where you know you go. It's like, oh no, this place it's desolate except when people have conferences <laughs> and they need to come here. And they're like, ooh, that, I like it. The, the keys of Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, uh, oh, <laughs> it's, I'm supposed to sing a song. Oh, this is like a speak song. Yeah, I'm uh, okay. No, no, we gotta we gotta do a real song here. Everybody, come down and pick up a key. Pick up a key. Pick up a key. Everybody, come down and pick up a key. The key is the theme. <laughs> Ooh, I you, yeah. I was wondering where you're going to get to themes, but yeah, you really brought yeah, it home. Uh, it's yeah. not as good as theming on a big old boat. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's... Yeah, well, that's like the A side, definitely. This is... <laughs> no, this is more jazzy, almost like an old sitcom, like a like a mm, uh, old, like mm-hmm. a, it's like a Cheers, a Cheers that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, we are adherents of the repeating themes. Uh, we do like to look at things that happen uh, more than once in Doctor Who and in popular culture. So we're going to explore that today. John, what do you want to talk about in terms of these episodes? Well, as I mentioned at the top, uh, uh, if anybody's been listening since the top, um, uh, people probably just skip in for the themes, I would imagine. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you've been listening to the top, I, I sort of mentioned that the, the connections here are pretty loose. And actually, I think... Uh, as we were discussing Planet of Evil last week, I was like, oh, that actually would have worked really well with 42 with sort of the living planet and scooping the fuel right. and the ship getting dragged. So so uh, why don't you go back, listen to <laughs> <laughs> let's cut these out uh, and listen separately. And that's why we have chapter marks, probably. Um, but no, I mean, so what I think it is interesting, we're both writers, uh, or, or at least we thought we were at one point we've tried <clears throat> um and uh, you know actually we wrote a very successful um improv show uh script back in uh in college i think uh tour de force really mm-hmm. big show three folks if you will go to the archives and look for big show three um you will probably not find it because i don't know what archives <laughs> it's on i have a bunch what? of vhs tapes in a shoebox i just found the other day while we were moving so i, oh, I got that good. i got that going for me Kason has some folks call Kason. just just call around there are only like four cases in the world you'll find the one we know anyway i believe you're off track i believe the point was just like we have written something at some point but uh i i I was was just watching both of these i was and and you kind of mentioned with keys of marriage i was trying to think is this easier to write or more difficult to write a story so like you know traditional story structure has sort of rising action and there's a climax and then and and characters develop or go through arcs blah 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 all this stuff (laughs) Um, whereas these stories are very much just incident, right. And piling incident upon incident upon incident. Um, and that's what keeps the story moving forward and going. And then the resolution is, you know, when we just run out of incidents, um, which is what people should say when at the end of a dramatic, are we out of (laughs) of (laughs) incidents? Let's call tonight. Let's get a beer. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I'm curious. What do you think? Do you think these are easier to write? Uh, uh, because I mean, again, Terry Nation only had to come. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he either had to come with five completely new stories or he just to be like, I don't know. I'll find a key in a jungle and then they'll find one in (laughs) in the snow. (laughs) Well, I, I think, um, they're easier to write 
in the sense that they're easier to fill time. So it's like, hey, I got to write 90 minutes. Well, if they got to find nine things, now I only have to write 10 minutes for each thing. And then that kind of becomes an easier task. I think it's probably harder to write these well because they really are um, somewhat monotonous. You're just going from one to the next. Also, in the case of uh, 42, that particular part of the plot where they're just trying to get through the 30 doors, um, now you're writing yourself into a box where you're saying, I have to do this. We didn't see all 30 of them, but I have to do this 30 times possibly, and they all have to be different and interesting somehow. Um, So that's potentially challenging. It might be a writing you know exercise in terms of that it's like well it's going to force me to try really different things with this because i can't just do the same thing 30 times so but i do i do think just adding in this iteration of i have to achieve this thing or i have to get this thing uh, a certain amount of times i have to uh, achieve some arbitrary goal to some extent it's good in terms of like, well, I gotta get, I gotta spend a couple pages on each of these, <laughs> so then you're gonna, you know, you're gonna pad it out a little bit. So, and I think that's why this does feel familiar to like an, uh, a kid show or an adventure show like that, where it's just like they have that stuff all the time. They're saying, oh, we have to find the. I remember early on, I was amazed. My my young daughter knew the word amulet, so I was like, why do you know this word? And 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 every and every idea she had for a story it was like, well, so. I remember we read one story and she's like, but what, where's the amulet in the story? I said, like, I I don't, not all stories have amulets. She's like, yeah, but usually a story has some kind of monkey stealing an amulet. Like, no, that is not, that is not part of the hero's journey is that a monkey must steal. She's like, dad, there's a portal under my bed that is unlocked with an amulet and I am being told to go get the amulet. So I really need some amulet stories here. A tricksy monkey always has to steal it. And that's like, otherwise, what are we doing? What goes, what are we doing here? folks? What story do we need to tell? If if we already have the amulet, then like, what are we doing? I want to do that at work tomorrow. I'm just going to be like, folks, are we, are we finding an amulet? No, the, the, what are we doing? What are we doing here? <laughs> Have right. we found anything? <laughs> Think about that at work. Like, instead of it's like, oh, um, you know, oh, you have to give the presentation. It's like, you do have to give the presentation. But hours before, a monkey stole the presentation. <laughs> now you have to go find it. So anyway, I think um, it is an easy way to make some stuff happen in a story. Give immediate conflict or give an immediate goal to your protagonist. But I don't think it's an easy way to make it good. And not to say that you can't have stories like this that are good. Uh, None spring to mind, but I'm sure there are uh, that are just these like fetch quests. Um, uh, But I I think it is not necessarily it's not a pathway to always have it work out uh, really well. In fact, they can become monotonous because it's like, oh, we already found four of the keys. We get it. Like, let's just they probably found three more. Let's get to the end. I want to see what happens. Um, can you think of uh, stories like this that are these sort of enumerated things that that's what I, so I can't think a lot of, of action movies work like yeah, this. And I will say a lot of like not great key. action movies like, yeah. you know, it's, it's got to be. Um, uh, well, I mean, I mean, Hitchcock has I mean, it's the MacGuffin thing, right? You got to find the thing that everybody wants. I mean, North right. by Northwest is kind of is kind of, you know, it's like you got to go here. You got to find and, and, and actually a lot right. of. So what what I think it does for writers is that it gives you at least a loose structure, right? Like you know that by the end of twenty five minutes you've got to find the key, you've got to get so it's got, and then you know at the end you're going to have. So I, I think it's like so I, I I like to try to write uh, one day I, I try to write short stories because I like I love mysteries and there's a short story submission contest and I try to write an edge them never won any. Uh, 
because I never solved the mystery. I'm always like, well, I'm stumped at the end. I just write, I don't know. Uh, and I think they don't <laughs> like that. Um, but mysteries are, I think, uh, uh, might be, I mean, I don't want to denigrate mystery writers because I can't, I'm not doing it very well. Uh, but I mean, they are, there's a nice thing about them in that you basically have to, you have a structure, right? It's like, all right, there's going to be clues. Uh, and then you piece them together uh, and and you reveal who who's the killer. Um, and you see this on, I mean, there, you know, it is, uh, I suppose these quest things are similar to what other TV shows do that ha- that have a a very set structure, right? Like I, I love my crime shows and CSI or Criminal Minds or whatever. You can kind of predict, like, okay, before the second commercial break, they'll deliver the profile and then they're going to find well, yeah, the computer that's thing. Just a, but there is a structure, structure I mean. right? You can hang. Um, uh, but I suppose you know this one or, or these, like, it didn't it didn't matter like it's not like that something that happened in in morphoton uh in keys of marinus the, the brain with little brain guys mattered in the jungle uh screaming jungle or the snows of terror episode right i mean it's just like okay we could forget everything that happened last week and move on to the next thing um and yeah i suppose even you know in a serial like that if you would just blundered into it for some reason because there were only two channels in 1963 <laughs> anyway so if you just showed up two episodes in it wouldn't have taken long to be like well i guess they're looking for some keys uh that seems important <laughs> well that's the beauty <laughs> of it it's, it's it's the simplicity and like i said it's used in in video games often because uh in video games you don't know how long the story is going to go because it, it depends how long it takes for you to do each thing so it's like you could be in this part of the story for also other stories could come in so if you need to come back into it because you're t- kind of playing non-linearly then it's like oh yeah i needed to get all these hats like <laughs> that was a thing like i'm being sent to on the quest to get hats yeah. and uh and then you can and you can lock right back in to that exciting <laughs> hat story <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, we we actually uh, we ended that theme section earlier because uh, I didn't tell you this, John. But in order to end this episode, we must talk about eight different themes. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only way we can end this episode. But oh, wow. I I struggled to come up with that one theme. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, we have uh, there are over 295 Doctor Who stories. You'll have to tell me when that's updated are are our new ones coming out right now for new the ones are coming doctor? they are working on they're filming now uh no, they but they're just, not but they haven't been released other no than but Christmas they will one. be the end of this year so the latter half of this okay. year i believe uh, but they're doing a, a compressed a shortened season because it's taking longer to make them because <sighs> probers i have to tell you something as the kind of new prober host on the block here um it's disheartening to me that they're going to be making new doctor who because i'm making so much progress <laughs> <laughs> and then you're telling me in the fall it's going to start like negative progress. No, no, no. We, I mean, they they only come out one a week. So as long as we keep up, we won't lose any ground. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, we'll that's we'll true. stay we'll, even. <laughs> we'll gain ground less quickly. Yeah, we're not gaining on them. Well, there's over 295 right now, and we have ranked. We're, we're doing well. 56 of them. Yeah. So so that's good. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> so that's fine. Um. And deal with that or actually so no no i'm sorry we've ranked 54 so this will be 56 after these so we're gonna rank these these two um so let me let me go first let me let me try this on john let me try right. this out uh 42 <laughs> I, I i think i like this month one more than i thought uh because as i started to to rank it in here i um i did i mean i did enjoy it yeah, like I said, just more than I thought. It was pretty exciting. It moved along at a brisk pace. I like that Martha had this other love interest. I kind of want 
I kind of hope we end up somehow finding this guy again because it's not working out yeah, with the doctor. It's not working out with the doctor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I liked the doctor really went through changes. I mean, he got like possessed. Like there was something really neat to that. So like it was kind of a really simple uh, encapsulated plot. But I don't know. A lot went on. I just, just kind of enjoyed it. Uh, and yeah, again, it kept going up. So I ended up ranking it not like, you know, in the top 10, but it was uh, out of 56. It was a, a 16. I ranked it pretty high. So right below the hand of fear, Eldred must live. Uh, and I put it, get that through our heads, people. Eldred I put it above uh, Daleks in Manhattan Evolution of the Daleks, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, but I put it just above that just because it just moved along at a brisk pace and 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 things like this. Which brings me, <laughs> which brings me to the keys of Marinus. What I just, I really, in, in a similar way, I didn't realize how much I really didn't enjoy it, and so I kept like moving it down. Um, I, it was very long, like you, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, it felt like seven ep- episodes. It was very long. It wasn't fun to me. There weren't like fun moments of it. It was just kind of drudgery. Uh, so didn't really like it so yeah i was moving down the list i moved it below creature from the pit i moved it below um well for me curse of fenric which again now going back in time i'm like i have no idea why this is down here um boom and then here i got you an interesting sort of uh clump of of new episodes which are ranked lowly boomtown long game new earth um well, I had to rank it below those because I'm like, well, those are only 45 minutes. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> even if those weren't like my favorite episodes. less of my time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I and so then vengeance angry of- at the keys of Marinus. It's not like you didn't like it. You're just angry that it took so long to get you. Yeah. Back and to and then and then I like another clump of like vengeance and Varos, Meglos, Time Lash, Stones of Blood, where I'm like. These were not good, but there were like funny moments in them. They were like really weird. Like there was a big rock that raced across the screen at someone in Stones of Blood. So it really gets down to does it go below the, uh, as I've heard them, the panic attack episodes of like Edge of Destruction, Fear Her, Love and Monsters, Mind Rubber. And I decide, no, it does not. So um, so I, it is near the bottom, but not in the very bottom. So it is 52 out of 56 for me. But um, no, it doesn't beat out some of the the particularly particularly awful ones for me okay well i love that, that one of the standards is yeah it's, it's okay but it doesn't have a big rock going across the screen <laughs> <laughs> hey look big rock being chased by a murderous rock talking cactus yeah. okay and then as we all love uh sill i mean yeah, sill like it has yeah, nothing like sill in there you know um, actually, we're pretty much in agreement here. Um, I was uh, uh, only watched 42 tonight, folks. Uh, it's fresh, fresh in the memory. Um, but I was but you'd seen it before. You only rewatched yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. um, uh, no, I just randomly skipped this one. <laughs> I've watched every time episode and I just randomly skipped it. Um, no, I uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it because it's not one I've definitely I've rewatched much. Uh, and so, um, but I could I, imagine rewatching this, like, I, yeah, not all the time, but like, yeah, this would be yeah. rewatch- rewatchable. It's, it's, I think, I think part of it is, um, and, and this is the interesting, we have to talk about this as a theme section at some point. Uh, this is the interesting thing about the new series is because of the way they tell it with the arcs, the season arcs, and sort of the big stories, there are event episodes that are that are you know they're big because they advance the story in, a, in an interesting way they have a surprise appearance or surprise ending um they're uh, you know the return of an old monster or whatever there are these event stories that are the ones that stick in your head because it's like oh i was 
delightfully surprised by that or or whatever um and that's why that's what i say i sit on the couch and go oh i am delightfully surprised by this lovely lovely. uh um and then there are just i think these which are solid stories um but aren't memorable because you know it doesn't it wasn't like some huge thing happened that is massively significant in the world of doctor who um but no so i as i was going through this i was like uh where to put it i was like okay yeah i really like this i i ended up putting it at number 19 by gridlock uh which i thought uh there were some similarities interestingly um in, in sort of the martha arc there uh but yeah it was just it was a really it just rocketed along at a really good pace um and uh and yeah i enjoyed it I ended up liking it um the uh keys of marinus is further down <laughs> um <laughs> i i i didn't i was actually surprised uh, maybe i'm just in a good mood um i was also unpacking stuff because we're still moving so um <clears throat> i was watching it as i was unpacking so i had other stuff going on uh and uh i i liked I like that it did keep changing uh, uh, settings and stories, right? I think it was, it was, that at least kept it kind of interesting. Cause it was like, okay, yeah, this one on, you know, like, all right, they're being controlled by the brains, which actually probably could have gone for like another episode or something. Uh, but then I was like, okay, now we're in the jungle and we got to find a key. And oh, now we're in the snows and we got to not get raped. Um, <laughs> uh oh, it's like, uh, oh, this is the jungle themed planet. This is the the cold planet. Oh, this is the rape themed planet. Like, the rapey, the let's cold move rapey. on from when this Hagrid planet. tries to rape Barbara. There, um, yeah, um, uh, but so it kept it moving. Um, it is a not, it's definitely a notch down in terms of performances from uh, Ian and Barbara. And and uh, well, Susan's just about on par, she's <laughs> fine. I mean, she didn't yeah. bother me, just, yeah. just she, sort of she does yeah. her screaming and falls off a thing and whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the, and then the doctor just again just took two weeks off. I was like, nah, <laughs> I can't be. I can't be I you guys got this. I doing think... in that two weeks, yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, yeah. So I end up putting it down. It's it's uh, I. Uh, it's not as fun as Delta and the Bannerman. Uh, it's not quite as no, no, as no. lost as the Mind Robber. So I ended up putting it just below uh, Delta and the Bannerman and above Mind Robber at number forty nine. Uh, so towards the bottom for sure. Uh, but I was I had fun with it. It's sort of a classic sort of movie serial adventure serial kind of. So let me let me feed this into the old supercomputer. Turn the yeah knobs and dials, yeah. and what we have is uh, we don't have a new number one, <laughs> as you might imagine. <laughs> we have forty two. We, we should have to question the uh, <laughs> we'll have to question the algorithms. It's like oh, and now the keys of Marinus is number one. I maybe this is wrong. Maybe this isn't doing this right. We have forty two tied for number fifteen. Uh, with the remember, so in the com- combined ranking, we can have ties. Uh, and it's tied for number 42 with The Unquiet Dead, which is funny to me because early on that was my number one for a while. Um, and then we have uh, uh, The Keys of Marinus tied for 50 with Meglos. Uh, so, so we have that. And then you can, if you go to mindprobe.show, you can see these rankings. I need to update them. So just so you know, probers, just so you know, um, the the podcasts i can kind of set ahead of time to come out at a certain time but the rankings i have to 
I have to go in and publish at the moment. And so actually maybe there's more paper paste and like you you go up there and you have to take it. Well, this move to Monday will help because I can just take a couple minutes in the middle of the day on Monday and do that. It's harder to do on Saturday because, you know, I'm out living my life. Guys, I live an exciting, full, full life (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I can't take time to update rankings on Saturday. But you can go. The rankings page is interesting. One thing I did with the rankings page the other day, John, and anyone could do it at home playing along is at the top there's a little search box and the way i built this Mm. is such that if you wanted to see something like hey just show me how all the 10th doctor episodes are ranked you can just start typing the word 10 and now it'll limit that whole list down to just the 10th doctor and what i was looking at just so you know Mm. as i was trying to see um of the different doctors i was looking through the different doctors and seeing um is are any of them particularly ranked worse or better um, and it kind of goes as you might think. And what's interesting is that the doctors who who you would think of as like kind of the, the better ones or the ones that are pretty good, they're just sort of evenly spread. Like they, they have some stinkers. They have some good ones. It's just kind of like all even even the like the fourth doctor. Like yeah, it's yeah. just oh, yeah. He's spread out yeah. the um, and then some of the ones that aren't so hot. We haven't done as many of all of the doctors, but like some of the ones that aren't as great are, are definitely down near the bottom. Um, and we that have done sense. obviously a lot of the ninth and tenth doctor. And I have to say, the 10th Doctor, though, uh, David Tennant, it's ranking pretty highly right now. Now, obviously, we have a lot, long way to go, yeah. but um, he makes up, let me bring this up, uh, one, two, three, half of the top 10 episodes right now uh, on our ranking are the 10th Doctor, which I don't think is unsurprising. I mean, he's it's very successful. He, he and was very popular when he was on. Yeah. And, and uh, we've done, yeah. and we've done basically his whole, we were starting to do his whole run. Um, but, you know, interestingly, like the 9th Doctor, it's, it's, all spread throughout like there's some at the top and there are some spread throughout the bottom it's all kind of spread throughout so that was interesting you can do this yourself you can satisfy other curiosities i'm terrified of doing anything on the web page because i'll break it (laughs) you can also click on if you want to just see john's rankings for example you can just click on uh john in the header and it'll it'll rearrange to that and you can just see john's rankings so what about the probe teenies rankings the probe teenies rankings are uh I, I we usually don't get them in in time to include them in the show, so I would love to include them. Yeah, so that's bag. Yeah. that's that's the website. We also have the watch order. We'd love it if you watched along with us. You can see ahead of what we're going to be watching next week. Um, so please do that. And very exciting, kind of not really having anything to do with the website, but you'll notice the website will load a little more quickly because mm-hmm. I finally. Our national nightmare is over. I switched it to a better host, <laughs> which right. again I can plug for no money, which is SiteGround. Everybody, if Ooh. you need to host a WordPress site, That's use SiteGround. 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 It's the it's the it's... hosting company. Yeah. Oh, okay. So anyway, um, I like works Go a lot better. Daddy. Why aren't we in GoDaddy? That's they're no well they're <laughs> kind of terrible <laughs> for one thing they do have hosting which is kind of terrible it's, they're the equivalent of you you host on GoDaddy if if you get sold uh like the underwax treatment on your car when you mm. buy a new car that's ooh. like how you get sold the hosting on yeah. oh see you want to buy that you're like oh yeah. what is that what's that <laughs> uh, I assume it makes the underside of your car shiny which if you've been run over by as many cars as I have you would appreciate <laughs> well the exciting underside. thing about this other than the site actually loading and you being able to see updates <laughs> which had not been happening on our previous host who yeah, shall yeah, go yeah. unnamed um is that we set up john our email addresses yes you don't have to use hashtags anymore you could actually yeah. just email us i mean but you should still try to get in touch with chris pratt 
I mean, uh, yeah, well, you can still uh, go through Chris Pratt or hashtag me at, hey, I watched No Not the Mime Probe. Are you the person who's on that? Because I would be interested in talking about it. Okay, bye. And don't put any <laughs> actual content in, only the hashtag is how I'd like to be communicated mm-hmm, with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you can also now email me, mm-hmm. porter at mimeprobe.show, and you can email John, John at mindprobe.show if john would actually log into his account now that's I'll the caveat that. there i'll try to do that and then you can email chris pratt at mindprobe.show we've given him an email <laughs> account uh, <laughs> and uh you know just try to get in touch with the man but you should still uh, tweet about us uh, or tweet because well tweet about us uh, email to speak to us to provide feedback tweet about us to provide the world uh, with feedback wow. about it. Deep, yeah. deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the um, motto for Twitter, I think. So, yes, we'd love that. And we would, of course, love if you subscribed to the show, oh, uh, yeah. which you can. There's lots of buttons and doohickeys on the website yeah, where you can do that. And valves that you got to. <laughs> you can reroute your power <laughs> yeah, to, <reroute> the power. <laughs> to subscription. You're at the power and you throw one of those big metal switches like to, to, to do the subscribe. Like it should be like when when you when you're lighting up Frankenstein there or the monster. Uh, no, this like is that. I have an exciting new uh, uh, Internet terminology thing to talk about, which is. So there are some podcasts increasingly where uh, subscribing means an actual uh, a paid subscription where you pay to you pay to subscribe for any number of things. And then you you get a podcast as part of that. Um, So Apple is actually changing their buttons. And so to 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 sign up for our podcast and to get it for free in in your podcasting app every week, you would follow us uh, on Apple Podcasts, whereas then subscribing might actually mean like. Um, you know laying down some some bucks we're not we're not currently doing that yet but yeah, hey no. i don't know we might who knows I mean, I don't know. yeah, I don't you know, know. count yourself lucky that you haven't paid anything <laughs> this amazing this amazing it's free this happened to you for free this is a 30 plus experience. hours of content yeah. that you have gotten yeah. for nothing yeah okay All right we get pretty absolutely good. nothing out of this pretty good yeah. uh-huh. this is in fact this is this is it. This is our last chance to survive and we're not making any cash out of this. Like this is our last ever to make any money. And we should have probably I took my kids about to the pawn shop and I pawned <laughs> them. And the pawn shop said, no, thank you. We don't really do we that. We're not into human, human trafficking. trafficking. <laughs> like, are you live streaming this? Are you yeah. trying to entrap us into <laughs> a human trafficking pawn shop? And like, I no, just, no, it's a Doctor Who podcast. Duh. Yeah. yeah. I just uh, have my GoPro all, all the time. Yeah. All right. Um, anyway. But yeah, so please yeah. follow us on Apple Podcasts or subscribe to us. Hey, if, if there is a button marked subscribe and somehow we get money, I, please click that. I don't we, we yeah. don't have that set up, right. but that's not good. Send us a, or, you know, write it, send a check to whoever you need to send a check to. We if we if we if you're going to pay for us, we will only accept paper personal checks. Uh, actually, right. cashier's right. checks. I want a cashier's check drawn up at a bank. I don't want. I don't want your little your little credit card. Doohickey. Yeah, that's what I call card. it. Like, that's what I say when I buy well, something at a store. I'm like, do you want one of these credit card doohickeys? And they're all like, oh, okay, sir. <laughs> well, John, uh, for yeah. our paid subscribers, <laughs> what will they be? Uh, what will they be uh, enjoying next week? Well, next the, week they're uh, going to enjoy it because you know we're going to actually we're going to make this available to both our paid subscribers and our our uh, okay. unpaying subscribers. Okay, so it's next like a week special only. bonus. Yeah, all right. it's your chance to get hooked. You got to you got to give a little of the product for free, uh, and then they come back for more. 
Um, uh, so next week, uh, we've got a double David Tennant, uh, uh, Martha Jones episode, uh, human nature and the family of blood. Uh, and so that's a, a story where the doctor becomes human. Uh, and I've paired that, I think, rather cleverly yeah. with a story about humans trying to become Time Lords called uh, the very catchy title, Maudrin Undead, uh, which is, you know, this, uh, obviously gives away a lot in the title there. Uh, but yeah, so Maudrin Undead, which uh, features not only uh, the fifth doctor, but uh, the for the return of the brigadier for his appear uh, his only appearance of the fifth doctor. Uh, he comes back and, uh, as a returning guest um, after I think being absent from the show for a while. So, uh, and also we meet Turlo for the first time. Uh, it's just Ooh. a lot. There's a lot going on. There is a lot going on. This human wants to be a time lord. <laughs> this time lord want to be humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so things becoming other things. It's kind of our theme. Next well, week. I'm excited to meet Turlo. I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, I've already met him. I'm excited to re-meet him for the first time all over. No, it's too late, Porter. You've met him. It's too late. <laughs> too late, Porter. You've met him. But also, we meet the Black Guardian, who, for whatever reason, has a bird on his head. So there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. It's not like 17 episodes, is it, John? How many no, no, episodes? it's only a four-part, and Fifth Doctor, they didn't bother with anything over four they packed all that into four episodes? That's great. Oh, yeah. And Tegan and Nissa are in there as well. And actually, we got a du- actually, there's two Brigadiers. It's an old... It's a past Brigadier. It's crazy. What it's if I magic. told you that if you bought this sedan, you'd get two Brigadiers and the underwax coating? <laughs> Do underwax the I don't... What is the underwax coating? Is it, is it, is it's, a, it's, a, it's like if they say, we'll put the weather seal on the car, which implies that if you don't have the weather sealing, <laughs> your just, car will disintegrate when rain occurs. Uh, uh, oh my. Which is true. Yeah. I, had yeah. A, yeah, I yeah. drove the car up a lot, started raining. I was just sitting there, and it, and like the chair remained. like We were all just sitting in our chairs, but the rest of the car just disintegrated. And the dealer was just like, right, I told you to get the weather coating. So you got I don't know what to tell cool. you. And you're like, but at least you got the underwax because the bottom is still there. Bottom is <laughs> 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 All right, John. Well, look, until next week, here's to you. Here to the future. <laughs>